You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. If you have a Bible, grab it. If you have the Elam Christian Center app, pull that out as well. Turn to Acts chapter 27. I've called today's message, Angels, Snakes, and Boats That Break. There's a fascinating account in Acts chapter 27 and 28 where the Apostle Paul is on a journey to get to Rome. A uh, little bit of backstory, uh, Paul is, has been arrested, um, he has appealed to Caesar and so as was custom now he has to travel to Rome to stand before Caesar and it's interesting because in Rome he will be imprisoned and it's from that place where he will pen much of what we now have as the New Testament so there's this great purpose of God in taking Paul to Rome but while he's on the journey to get to Rome everything falls apart it's the journey where if something could go wrong it did go wrong and uh, we would say in our terms it all turned to custard now I don't know if you've ever been on a trip or a journey or a holiday where everything that could go wrong did go wrong we had one of those experiences a number of years ago I won't go into the details but I will say this I have no desire whatsoever to ever go back to Paris I mean I know you're thinking but Steve it's the city of love it is there's got the Eiffel Tower and the Arc de Triomphe and escargot and French things but for me, Paris just has this air about it. Paris is just the city of no car parks. It's the city of unhelpful staff, of stale McDonald's burgers, frustration, annoyance, bad customer service. And as you can tell, I still haven't gotten over it. So please, I appreciate your prayers. I need some serious healing. But Paul is on this journey to Rome. And the journey to Rome is towards God's purpose and God's destiny and God's calling on his life. And as Paul is on the journey, to Rome, he experiences a number of difficulties and situations and challenges uh, that cause that journey to be a challenge to say the least. And as I was reading this passage, I kind of reflected on it and I realized that you and I, in our journey towards the call of God, in our journey to follow Jesus, we will encounter similar things along the way. So what I want to do today is take us on a bit of a journey as we uh, we explore the ups and downs of Paul's journey. And I wonder if in this time together, we might find encouragement as we might be navigating very similar things right now. Are you ready? We're going to go number one. The first thing that uh, I want to speak to is this. Number one, angels and a shipwreck. Angels and a shipwreck. Acts 27 verse, uh, chapter 27 verse 18 says this. So they're they're on a ship on the way to Rome. That's the story. A wind comes up, a storm comes up. Here's what happens. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they'd gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. 
Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss, but now I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. He said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Paul ends up in a shipwreck. He's doing all the right things. He's following God, he's serving God, and the next thing he knows, he's in a storm and a shipwreck. I don't know about you, but whenever I've stepped out for God, and you've probably experienced this, whenever you step out to follow the call of God, for some reason, storms seem to follow those steps. But Paul, uh, what's more for Paul is that an angel shows up and tells him, listen, you're gonna make it. You're gonna make it to Rome. It's God's call for you. It's God's destiny for you to be before Caesar, but you're gonna be shipwrecked. If, if I was Paul, I would be like, um, hey, hey there, buddy. Like, um, if you wouldn't mind, like, it's, while you're here, um, could you just intervene on the whole shipwreck part of things? Like, you're, you're like the supernatural being, messenger of God. Could, could you, like, I know you can intervene and stop bad stuff. So I like the whole, we're going to get there to, 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 to Caesar and God's plan. But if you could just intervene on the shipwreck part of things, that would be, that would be awesome. And, and this is going to mess with some of your theology, but in a really good way. Because some of you today have followed Jesus and followed the call of God and followed God's plan for your life, believing that when you follow God and you do all the right things and you tick all the boxes and you do what God's called you to do, it means no storms and no shipwrecks. And you're disappointed and you're disillusioned because you've done all the right things. You've come to church and you pay your tithe and you read your Bible and you pray, and yet you're in the midst of a shipwreck right now. And the story, it reminds me that Christianity does not mean immunity from life. In fact, just this week, I was uh, with our national leadership team of Elam New Zealand, and uh, I've been so fortunate now to be part of that team. Uh, and this is the team that helps lead our movement of churches, 40 Elam churches around New Zealand. And we had our first gathering just this week, and part of the team uh, gathering, we just started to share our stories and what, what brought us to this point and what's brought us to be the, at the point now where we're on this team. And tell us your story, tell us your journey. And as we went around the room, we all shared our stories. We all shared what has brought us to this point. I couldn't help but look around the room and go, man, there's a shipwreck and 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 every single one of them has gone through storms and trials and disaster and shipwrecks, but it's what's made them the men of faith that they are today. It's what's caused them to be the great leaders that they are today. See, friends, danger and destruction does not derail destiny. And sometimes, understand this, sometimes the leading of God is actually through the storm. I wanna say this to you friends, don't fear the storm, you're going to be okay. And you might be in a season right now where you look at your life and all you see is a storm and a shipwreck. You're thinking, I'm following God and look at the state of my life. The presence of a storm does not mean the absence of God. And it's in fact on the other side of the shipwreck, it's on the other side of the storm that you'll look back and discover that you've come to know God in a way you never knew Him before the storm. You'll understand the nature and the love and the grace and the character. You'll have a, a fullness and a richness and a depth to your faith that is only formed through the storms of life. And I want to encourage you, friends, don't fear the storm. There's purpose on the other side. The second thing that Paul encounters is this. Number two, a poisonous bite. 
We pick it up here in Acts chapter 28, verse number one. Once safely on shore, we found that, we, sorry, we found out that the island was called Malta. So they've shipwrecked, they've gone into an island. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us because it was rainy and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself to his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, the goddess Justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead, but after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said, He is a god. What I, what I noticed about the story, there's so much in this little moment in the story. I mean, he's getting bitten by a snake. It doesn't have any feet. But one of the things I, I notice in the story is that the people around are watching and waiting for the response. <clears throat> They're like, when's he going to die? Like, when's he going to swell up? They're watching and waiting and observing and thinking, when is this bite going to take him out? Uh, about a couple of years ago, one of our staff brought into the office a bag of corn chips and the title on the label of these corn chips was the world's hottest corn chips the spiciest corn chips in the world i don't know where the staff member got them from but they brought them in which for me is a really good day because that means a lot of fun in the office so i'm like i'm trying to get everybody to try one of these hot uh, corn chips, the hottest, spiciest corn chips in the world. So we gather a bunch of the boys around, a few of the interns, because they're gullible. And so we get them all together and we're like, hey guys, like we're all going to eat a corn chip. So we all eat a corn chip and we lose it. Like it's so hot. It's like made from California reapers and ghost peppers and stuff. And we, we're, we're into the milk. We're drinking like sachets of sugar, anything that is going to like numb the effects of this, this heat. And so then we're like, oh my gosh, that was so intense. Let's get more people to eat them. And so we're trying to get more people to suffer with us. And then in walks Chippo. Now Chippo is one of our amazing, amazing staff. She's an amazing lady. She's from Zimbabwe. She walks in the room. We're like, Chippo, eat a chip. Chip, eat a chip. Chippo, eat a chip. You gotta eat one of these chips. And she grabs the packet. She looks it over, world's spiciest corn chip, like it ain't no thing. She picks it up out of the packet. She has a little look at it, pops it in her mouth, chews it down. We're, we're all sitting there waiting. We're like, like, when's it going to happen? We're watching and we're waiting. We're waiting for her to swell up. We're waiting for it to take off. We're waiting. And she just shakes it off and she goes, is that it? <laughs> it's in that moment we realize this lady is built different. There's a special lady. Like, my goodness, we had a whole new level of respect for Chippo after that moment. And Paul, after getting bitten by the snake, there's a whole bunch of people watching and waiting, going, when's it going to happen? Like, what's the response going to be? Will, it, will he swell up? What's this poison going to do? Is it going to kill him? And praise God, we live in New Zealand and not Australia, where everything is venomous, except their rugby team, of course. And praise God, we, we, in New Zealand, we don't have poisonous snakes. We don't have things that are going to bite you and, and cause poison to go in you. But the reality is, and the reality is this, in life, there are things that, in a sense, will bite you. And if we're not careful, it will be like poison gets in on the inside of us and it causes damage at a deep level to our soul and our spirit and our mind. And these things can be really unexpected. They can come out of nowhere and they can latch on and they can bite you. It could be that job loss. 
It could be that job loss because of a mandate and the craziness of what's going on. It's like it bit you, man. It's like it, it really hurt and, it's, and some poison's gotten in. It could be that discouragement, that offense, that divorce, that failure, that harsh words spoken over your life, a government decision, nasty comments made about you online, a coworker who treats you badly, an insensitive comment. Maybe it's a church leader that let you down or a church that disappointed you. Maybe it's a lack of recognition or appreciation. And these things can always come out of nowhere and they can bite us. And, and, the, and the danger is when these things bite our lives, it's like poison can get in on the inside of us and it can infect our hearts, our minds, our spirits, and it makes us sick. Now, all of a sudden, we start to change, and people notice it, and we become bitter, we become offended, we become angry, we become defensive, and resentful, and spiteful, and negative, and cynical, and critical. And the reality is, friends, we've all been bitten. The question is not, did you get bit? The question is, how did you respond when you got bit? Too often, there's people watching us and they see us get bit by life. They see us get bit by these situations and things that happen and they're watching us going, when are they gonna swell up? When are they gonna get sick? They're watching how we're going to respond. Will we swell up and get bitter and angry and resentful? And Paul just shakes it off. It's like the inspiration for Taylor Swift. He just shakes it off into the fire. He shakes it off because he knows that the poison is irrelevant to the call of God. The poison is irrelevant to the call of God on his life. What is the point of poison? The, po the point of poison is to stop you. It's to make you immobile. It's to stop movement. It's to bring you down. Poison is designed to stop movement. And friends, I want to say to you, friends, don't let the bites of life stop you moving forward into the call of God for your life. It's designed to take you out and cause you to fall and slip and get bitter and twisted and resentful and hurt. And it will stop you walking towards the destiny and the call that God has for you. Don't let the bites of life, let poison get in on the inside and stop you moving. I want to encourage you, friends, don't let every poisonous bite that hits your life take hold. Learn instead to trust the call of God, shake it off, forgive quickly, be generous with your grace, and keep moving forward. Don't fear the bites. Keep moving forward. The last thing I want to speak to you today is this. Number three, team, you can join me. Uh, number three, Paul encounters this. The boat of a different God. The boat of a different God. Again, we read forward into Acts chapter 28 after he's been bitten and he shakes it off and he gets on a new boat and that boat eventually takes him through to Rome to the call of God on his life. It says this in verse 11. After three months, we put out to sea in a ship that had wintered in the island. It was an Alexandrian ship with the figurehead of the twin gods, Castor and Pollux. Sometimes um, you'll read in the Bible details that you think, why is that there? You know, sometimes you read your Bible, you're like, why did that, why, why, how is that information relevant? Like, what does it matter that that's there? And as I read through this passage, I had one of those moments, I'm like, why does it matter, the figurehead of the ship? Like, it's just information. But it's mentioned there that the figurehead, so at the front of the ship, there were two faces at the very bow of the ship. Um, and they were the faces of the twin gods, the Roman gods, Castor and Pollux. And that is the boat that Paul decides to get on. 
Like that's the boat. He's like, that's my ship right there. I'm going to get on that boat, a boat of a different God. And I know a lot of Christians who would be uncomfortable with this. Like we would be uncomfortable getting on that boat. We're, I know a lot of Christians who'd be like, we, we kind of get funny with that kind of stuff. Like how could Paul, a man of God, following the call of God, of all his principle and all, and all his stature and the spirit, how could he get on that boat with different gods? And next thing you know, he'll be watching Harry Potter and then who knows what next? <laughs> For some of us, to get on that boat would be almost like we would be submitting to or endorsing a foreign God. Like we, we'd submitted to that, that God on that boat. But for Paul, this is su- simply a vehicle to take him to his destiny. And I want to say this to you friends, don't fear the boat. Don't fear the boat. Paul's presence in the boat was not a submission to a false god. It was simply a vehicle of the culture and the society that he was in to fulfill his calling and his purpose. And I need you to understand that for many of you, your occupation, your workplace, the marketplace you're in, the corporation that you're a part of, the corporate world that you're in, it may have a different figurehead. And and it's not like the church. It's not like working for the church or working for a Christian organization where the the figurehead of that organization is Christ and His Word and His principles. We're doing this all for Him. And you may have felt bad or less than because you're in a ship with a different figurehead. But I'm here to remind you that like Paul, the figurehead of your life, Jesus, is greater than the figurehead of the boat. It's greater than the figurehead of the vehicle that you're in. Perhaps God's plan is to use the boat that you're in and the vehicle of your career to take you into God's calling, God's plan, and God's destiny for your life. And if in your career right now you're thinking, man, this place just does not reflect Jesus. Maybe you're even looking for a different boat or maybe you felt judged by Christians for working in an area in the marketplace that has a different figurehead. I want to say to you, friends, don't fear the boat. God is with you in the boat. The figurehead of your life, Jesus, is greater than the boat you're in. And that boat will take you to the purpose and the plan of God. If God has called you there, if God has put you there, then he has a plan and a purpose for you in the boat. So don't fear the boat. Don't fear the boat the boat. It is a place still where God will outwork His plan and His purpose for you. I've had countless conversations with with many, many people in our church. People in the marketplace, people in like education, high up university education, people in healthcare, people in high level industry, but different industries. And for many of them, they're like, when you get into those areas, it's a dark place, man. The figurehead of those organizations is certainly not Jesus. But I've had these conversations with people like, these people I speak to are like, Steve, but I really believe God's called me there. I really believe God's called me to be a light in that place. And it's my purpose to be there. It's my purpose to be in that place and to walk forward into the, the call and the destiny that God has got for me. See, it may be a different boat of a different God, but greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. So don't fear the boat. In fact, right now, what I'd love to do is I'd love to pray for those who are in the marketplace and those where you're sitting there going, man, I feel like I'm on a boat with a different God. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And I believe right now God is raising up people to sit in positions of influence in politics, in education, in government, 
where you might look at that and go, man, this has got a different figurehead. There's a different God. It's a different boat. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The figurehead of your life is far greater. And I want to pray for you right now. So if you are in the marketplace, if you're in education, if you are in government, if you are in some level where you're going, man, my life is, I feel like I'm on the boat of a different God. I want to pray for you right now. You see this. God, I pray for these people. I thank you for those called to the marketplace. It is a high calling. And God, I pray that you would bless them, you'd use them, that you'd fill them with the power of your Holy Spirit and help them, Lord, to never fear the boat, but to know that it is simply a vehicle for outworking your purpose and your plan for them. And so, God, I pray, bless them. Lord, I pray, cause people to rise up that aren't afraid to step into a boat that may have a different figurehead, but knowing that it's your leading and your calling for them to be there, Lord, to go into places of society and culture that Christians often fear to tread, but we will not fear the boat. We will follow your leading and your call to the destiny you have for us because greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Friends, I'd love to pray also for you today. If maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus, I believe God loves you so much, friends. I believe God's got a great plan for your life. And like, you know, like Paul, we all walk along a journey and stuff happens and stuff goes on. And I pray that from this message, everybody who's listened, I pray you've been encouraged. I pray you've been stirred. I pray in the different seasons of the different situations you might find yourself in. I pray you find yourself a bit strengthened today. But friends, if you are here and you're watching this service and, and maybe it's your first time or maybe you've tuned in with a friend or something, but you don't know Jesus, maybe you've never made a decision to follow him, the question, friends, is who is the figurehead of your life? Who is at the front? Who is your leader? Who is the one that you've submitted your life to? I believe God loves you. God made you. God's got a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all fall short. The Bible calls that sin. Our sin, it separates us from God. God in His grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. And when He died on that cross, He took upon Himself all that you and I would do for our sin. Then he conquered death and the grave and he rose again to new life and he extends to every single one of us today grace, forgiveness for all your wrongs, a brand new life that begins right here, right now. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. God will make you a new person from the inside out. You get to walk into the plans that God has for you and then friends, there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with him. If you're not right with God today, I wanna give you an opportunity, an invitation to surrender your life to him. Or maybe you'd be honest and say, man, I say I'm a Christian, but Jesus is not the figurehead of my life. I want to make him the Lord again. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me wherever you are. Just say these words. Say, God, today I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned and I know I've messed up, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old ways and I turn to you. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life today. I choose from this moment to live for you in Jesus' name. Friend, if you prayed that prayer today, if you got right with God, if you made that decision either for the very first time or you're getting right with God, I'm so proud of you. We're so proud of you. We think this is the most amazing decision you could possibly make. And right now, coming up in the chat, there is a button you can push that says, I raise my hand or count me in. You are saying yes to Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, I want you right now to push that button. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. There's already three online that are putting their hands up saying, yes, that's me. Anyone else, you just click that button. We're 
so proud of you. This is an amazing opportunity. This is an amazing moment for you. And we believe God is going to bless you. God's going to use you. God's going to move in your life. It's a monumental moment for you. Congratulations, church. Everybody, for wherever you are in the chat, let's put a wee congratulations. Let's, let's celebrate all those people that said yes to Jesus right now. Come on, how good is that? Bexie. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.